Welcome to another Tyrius cast. I'm Kevin Crebell. And I'm Jim McGregor. We're going to discuss the impact or potential impact of the coronavirus, now formally named COVID-19, and its potential impact on the tech industry and broader global economy. In the tech industry, the virus has already claimed the annual Mobile World Congress, MWC conference, and the exhibition in Barcelona. Cancellations are affecting many other conferences, including Embedded World, the RSA conference, and now the Game Developer Conference, aka GDC, to name just a few. My colleague Jim McGregor canceled his plans for MWC before most of the companies started canceling. And so I guess after you canceled, Jim, they felt it wasn't worth going to Barcelona. I guess so. You know, I'd like to say this was a brilliant move on my part, but I actually bought trip insurance this year, not because I was worried about the coronavirus, but because I was snowed in last year and couldn't make MWC. But yeah, after seeing all this and discussing it with you and everyone else and the family, you know, it was just too scary to go. And I guess everyone else was feeling that way. And for the companies especially, it was an issue of liability. I mean, the last thing you want to do is send people there and have somebody come down with it, much less die from it. Well, everybody was taking a, a very much of a cautious approach to it because it is highly contagious, even though there have been really, I don't think, any reports of the virus in Spain or any, any notable amount. But with co- people coming from around the world to this one conference, uh, and, and especially from the Far East, it would have definitely been an issue. And Everybody would have been very cautious about. Actually, one interesting thing is I was at a conference, uh, the ISSCC, up in San Francisco just the other day, and they banned people. Well, not banned people, but suggest people don't shake hands. So we were they were suggesting we bow instead. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of... <laughs> I would rather say don't cough or don't sneeze on me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that works. And actually, you're wrong. There actually has been a case in... Spain. And ironically, it came from a gentleman, it was tracked to a gentleman that got it when he attended a conference in Singapore, a British gentleman. Ah. So it showed that spread and how it can spread to other regions just through one person traveling. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there was definitely, you know, and that, that's the problem is there's so many different views on how contagious this virus is or how it spreads or how long it's going to last that it's really worrying people. And the hard part was this was supposed to be a huge year for MWC. You know, it was the continued rollout of 5G. We were probably going to see three to four more handsets and mobile devices than we did last year. Plus, we were going to see the new 5G standalone networks, which are the completely 5G networks for the first time. This was supposed to be a huge year for the wireless and mobile industries. And unfortunately, the coronavirus took it out. You could say the MWC caught a cold. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Bad joke, I know. Yeah, bad, bad joke. But the it definitely, this was super critical for the 5G industry. And also a number of the smaller vendors. I mean, Samsung had their own event about a couple weeks ago. But for the smaller vendors, this is a critical show. The Oppos and, you know, uh, Xiaomi's of the world. This is the show where they show off their handset and talk to the carriers about this. And they've lost that opportunity. So there's going to be delays. 
Yeah. And what was ironic about it was it was the European and U.S. companies that pulled out first, not the Chinese companies. But GSMA finally came to a conclusion that it just was too risky and too many companies were pulling out. Yeah, and, and the companies themselves, I mean, once you start pulling out some of the major companies and others were on, were definitely on the fence and were about to pull out, you lose a certain critical mass for having a conference. There actually are some people who still went to Barcelona despite the cancellation of the event and had sort of an unconference. I think they were just going to show up and hang out and eat good ham and cheeses and wine for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you, uh, all the, considering all the coronas you drink, you should be immune to the coronavirus. Yeah, or like that running joke on Facebook, uh, I just need uh, Lyme's disease to go along with it, right? Exactly. Corona and Lyme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now back to the topic at hand. We uh, diverge for a little bit. So beyond, I mean, obviously this was a big impact for 5G and, and, and the MWC. But beyond this, the, the reaction to the coronavirus has got, had huge implications for the entire tech industry, not just the mobile industry. Many of the raw materials, components, the whole supply chain is being disrupted now in China. And you've had an opportunity to talk to some of your contacts in China to better understand the situation. Yeah, and it, it is a little bit scarier when you actually get that kind of inside view. While the national government is taking precautions and trying to react to it, a lot of times they're leaving the uh, leaving the implications or restrictions up to the lo local governments, and that's really causing problems. First off, a lot of people were traveling for the Chinese New Year holiday. In some cases, they were traveling out of the country. In some cases, they were traveling to other regions. That creates a problem, the fact that you have people in regions where they can't work. And in some cases, they're locked down. We've talked to some people that where they're in some regions where they, they're not allowed to leave. Basically, they order in or get food and stuff delivered to them. In others, everyone has to stay in their home or wherever they're located, whether it's their home, their hotel, or whatever. And they're only allowed to leave once every other day, especially if they're in their home. Every other day, one person can leave for two hours just to get food, and that's it. So they're still in lockdown in a lot of regions, not just around Wuhan, but other cities and regions around the area that have seen outbreaks of the virus are in lockdown. Yeah, I've seen videos of the cities, and they're like ghost towns. Yeah, this creates problems. When you have people that, because at the same time, the Chinese government wants, wants to minimize the impact on their economy, and they're encouraging companies to restart. Well, in some cases, you have companies that shut down completely, so they have to have the staff there locally to be able to restart. Or you've got companies that operate on skeleton crews, you know, in factories that were running, you know, 12-hour shifts, and these guys are getting really tired at this point. But the problem is, is if people, if the people that they need to replace them or to restart those facilities aren't located there, it's hard to get them back. I've even talked to some people that said, well, I can get back to the town I live in, but I can't get to the facility because it's in a different town. And that town's locked down unless you can show that you live there. Well, the, govern the government's also encouraging people, office workers, if you work in an office environment like an engineer or whatever, or support staff, to work from home. Well, not everyone can do that. But if you need to go into the office, the company has to be able to provide safeguards. And one of the safeguards the Chinese government specified was that desks have to be a meter apart. Well, that's kind of hard in some of these environments. They weren't designed that way. Or they have to provide government-approved 
you know, separations like barriers and stuff. So that's going to, it's, it's a huge challenge just to get their economy up and running with these restrictions in place. Well, this will be a big boom for the partition companies. It uh, could the, be. Yeah. Well, there's also the problem of the raw materials. Of the plants that have kept running on a skeleton crews throughout the holidays, these guys, over the next week or month, are going to start running out of raw materials to be able to actually do production, whether it's a printed circuit board, whether it's a system, whether it's whatever. And it's not just the tech industry. It's any part of manufacturing, the manufacturing ecosystem in China. And outside of China, if you're relying on raw materials from China, you're going to start having problems getting those materials because your inventories are going to be depleted. Yeah, I mean, there's reports that shipping goods are being held up while they're going through a decount, uh, decontamination process, and those are just being put in place. So this, sh- we're not sure what the long-term impact is going to be, but it's certainly having a short-term impact. I've seen pictures also of of them spraying offices and and people just hunkered on their desk and working and getting sprayed down by uh, with this decontamination. We don't even know if that works. Or or you have to walk through a decontamination shower, which it really scares me because I the only thing I know you can actually spray people with or sp- spray down to kill this virus is probably a combination of bleach and other chemicals. Well, I, you, I don't you, want to be sprayed by that. No, I don't think you, you want to be done. <laughs> we, we, I mean, right now we do know it's it can be passed from person to person and it's very contagious that way. But we don't know if there are other ways for the virus to be spread. That's true. There's one report that can be spread through feces. So it's, 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 it's still, and it could be airborne. We don't really know at this point in time. So it's really, it's really scary. Uh, obviously, the Diamond Princess cruise ship sitting in the Yokohama Har- Harbor has been a great example. Although all the people have now been deported, have now deported from that ship. I don't know if I all mean, of them have, but they were still, it was taking days to get them off. But actually about half the cases outside of China were on that ship. Yeah, you'd think that there were 3,700 people on that ship, and I th- the last count, I thought it was around 600 people had gotten the virus. I mean, that's a very, very high percentage, and two people died so far. So, yes, that is a very scary scenario, and that's just one ship. Yeah, that, that underscores when you're in a close proximity how, and that's, I mean, being on a ship is very similar to being on a conference. So I think that's why... Everybody was so scared of these conferences because you're in close proximity of people. On a ship, it, if at the worst is an airplane because you're breathing the same air, you're in a, a little tube uh, flying through the air, you're much more limited. But certainly shipboard, you're, you're crossing paths with other people constantly. And that's the scary part because it continued to spread and they don't know how because even if you're confined to your, your room, is it spreading through the air system? You know that 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 could that could put you at risk on airplanes. It could put you at the risk in a uh, in a building. Well, it could also have been people making the food. You had to eat, so there were some there were, had a, a staff making food and then delivering it. So then that process could have also spread the virus. Then again, the incubation period that has also the, the information on that has changed. Initially, we thought they were limited to a fourteen day incubation period, but now we're hearing twenty four to thirty day incubation period. So people could have been infected and just didn't show up till later. That's true. That's true. It's very true. Well, and the impact on the global economy is another issue that everyone's trying to look at. The IMF still has the global economy pegged at roughly, well, it's it. before we even go to that, we've already seen impact on tourism and travel. 
We're already seeing an impact on manufacturing, not just in tech, but other industries. And the big concern is what's this going to do to consumer sentiment? Because you got to remember, you know, I've had some people say, well, this won't really impact the economy. It's like, well, not really. You got to think about it. If people in China stop spending money, if people in other regions stop spending money, the consumer drives a large percentage of our economy, and it could impact the global economy later in 2020 and 2021. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that some goods will hit supply chain issues also means they just won't be able to buy certain goods, and may they may hold off their purchases until those goods are available again. And, and so this is, so far, few of the companies have changed their financial outlook because it's un- unclear what this this virus is going to do to their supply chain and consumer demand. But so far, Apple and NVIDIA both made indications that they expected some downside during the outbreak. NVIDIA lowered their guidance about, I think, about $100 million. But Apple is, is also saying that they're not going to hit their expectations for the quarter because of the coronavirus. And both, I assume, supply chain issues as well as the demand, uh, they closed their stores in China for a while, and demand has obviously got to be down in China. The tech industry's got a lot of things to do in 2020. Continue roll of 5G. There's some new growth in PCs, hopefully, that continues. Other intelligent solutions, uh, machine learning product. But uh, all these new products coming out this year, the impact on the virus may certainly put a damper on the enthusiasm or the potential for these products to take off. Uh, Absolutely. The IMF forecast for global GDP for 2020 is still pegged at 3.3% for 2020 and 3.4% for 2021. And there's different estimates on what the impact is going to be. We think it's going to be somewhere in the range of 1% to 2% of global GDP, which is very, very significant. Reduction. 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 1% to 2%. Now, there is a slight possibility that if this dies out quickly that we see a bounce back in Q3 and Q4, but... I'm not seeing that as a high potential at this point in time. I don't think either one of us agrees with that one. And quite honestly, if if some of the more dire predictions hold that say that this virus could be with us through the year of 2020 and on it in 2021, let's be realistic. This could act actually drive the global economy into a recession. Especially, uh, I mean, China's already one of the largest economies in the world. Japan's one of the largest economies in the world. And those are two countries hardest hit by this. And if it hits the U.S. Uh, and or Europe, then we're looking at a recession. Well, I mean, right now, I believe China is starting to engage in some uh, economic adjustments to, because of this. I think they're forgiving some loans. They're, they're doing other things to bolster the economy during this period of time. So there, there are other impacts that you know, central banks and governments can do to sort of counter some of the impact of the coronavirus. But it's, again, you know, as we said, it, it's kind of early in this process. The key thing is going to be whether we either come up with a vaccine very soon or the virus itself is held in containment, you know, relatively quickly. And uh, if this thing dissipates in the next few weeks, the, the long-term impact should be negligible. But right now, it definitely looks like it's too early to say that it's going to happen. Yeah, it does. It's, I mean... Who knows? The central governments could start giving money away. <laughs> well, I mean, canceling out debt is one way of giving out money in a sense. So that could happen. It's true. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I, I, I think this really points out that 
relying on certain regions of China for your supply chain just is is going to be problematic, not just China, but any any area that you need to diversify your supply chain as you're a manufacturer so that there are alternatives that you can shift your manufacturing processes around when these things happen. And, and this is probably, see now we've had this type of incident in the past, it's probably not unlikely we're going to have something in the future. So uh, contingency plans looks like it would be a, a, a wise thing for companies to look at. And there's a number of company, uh, countries, I should say, that could be good alternatives to factoring in China. Um, it, could be, it could be Vietnam, it could be India, it could be Philippines, Indonesia, and certainly Mexico has always been a, a key supplier in the electronics industry. And that maybe it's, it's an opportunity for those countries to step up and increase their presence in, in uh, the manufacturing supply chain. Yeah, the writing should definitely be on the wall after the trade war between the U.S. and China kind of put the damper on things. And now we're seeing the coronavirus, you know, a couple of years after uh, SARS. The writing should be on the wall that no company should be reliant on one region for sales and or their supply chain. You should be globally diversified to avoid these situations. Yeah, certainly from a sales point of view, if a country goes into recession, is I mean, it's hard to compensate for that. But at the same time, you don't want your, you don't want to unfulfilled demand. That's the worst thing to happen is if you can't get your supply chain in order and you've got demand and you can't manufacture and deliver products. That's for a, for a manufacturer. That's one of the worst things. It's it's as bad as holding inventory that you can't sell. I completely agree. So I guess our 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 message here is that you have to hope for the best and plan for the worst right now. Absolutely. Contingency plans are essential in these situations. So I think with that brings us to a wrap on another Tyrius cast. Please remember that Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that can provide custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem, from the sensors all the way to the cloud. It excludes, we can do custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, M&A evaluation, product and corporate strategy planning, and marketing strategies. If you'd like more information about Tyrius Research or inquire about our services, please contact us directly at kevin at tyriusresearch.com or jim at tyriusresearch.com. That's T-I-R-I-A-S research.com. You can also visit our website, www.tyriusresearch.com. Please keep up with us also on social media. We have at Tyrius Research for our corporate one, at Crewell, K-R-E-W-E-L-L for Kevin Crewell, and at Tech Strategist, that's T-E-K Strategist for Jim McGregor. And also through our articles on Forbes, EE Times, and ECT News. We also have white papers posted on our website if you're interested in any of those. Also, look for more information and podcasts for us. We appear on EE Times very regularly. And thank you for joining us. If you have any feedback on this Tyrius cast, recommendations for future Tyrius casts, or you want to discuss more about the impact of the coronavirus on the industry, please contact us directly, Kevin at Tyrius Research or Jim at Tyrius Research. Thank you, and we hope you have a great day. <music>